Fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is The Two-Headed Serpent. It was written by Paul Fricker, Scott Dorward, Matthew Sanderson, and it was edited by Mike Mason. It's available at the Chaosium website. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is episode 26. Now for the recap. You're listening to WITV Radio. So without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness, Matthew. Uh, so you are gathered at the lab, having gone through um, Oddie's list of new, new devices, new inventions that he's come up with. Now, question four uh, for Odd. With all the moving around of things from your previous lab, um, moving it up to the new one in, in Queens, 
would you have had something set up or instructed Zoe to set up something so that maybe if the phone rang at the old lab to give you the um, to give people the impression you were still there, that it would maybe have a call forwarding and it would then ring here? Honestly, hadn't thought of that. So I'd have to say no. But suddenly I think of it and I tell Zoe, you know, if we need to set something like that up. All right, well, give me a luck roll to see if you maybe had thought of it previously. All right. I got an 80, which is, oh, it's actually a pass. If <laughs> your luck is that high. <laughs> I've got my lucky, my luck is 96. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so. in, in which case, uh, you've got a couple of phones set up. There's the one that comes straight here, and then there's the forwarded one. Okay. Uh, which Zoe is confident after having spoken with the uh, with the telephone company and also with um, having looked over it herself that it can't be traced as far as anyone is concerned that if that phone rings and it's picked up it's the main lab that you've got back in Manhattan. Oh, okay. So uh, that phone rings. Oh, um, what's what's this? Oh, okay. Uh, Oddfield. Hello. Um, you recognise the voice straight off as Philip Connors, the quartermaster from Mr. Caduceus. Mr. Connors, what can I do for you? Hello. Um, I was wondering if you knew where uh, Mr. Advino, uh, Advino was. I've been trying to get hold of him at his place, and I understand you guys are back in town. Um, apparently you signed into the office early this morning to go, to, uh, to go down to your lab, but uh, the, no one's around now, so I was wondering if you'd gone back to your place or he was with you or what, what was going on. Um, no, I haven't seen him for a while. Is there something I can uh, pass on? I might might see him for lunch. Yeah, um, okay. If, if you can, you, you'll know what I mean when I say this. Uh, just tell him I found her. Uh, hold on just a second. And uh, I, I look over at Johnny and I say, he found her? He Was that Connors? Her? Yeah. Yeah, let me, uh, you mind? All right. I was being discreet. Told me we weren't here, but. Yeah, that's right. Here you go. Connors? Oh, uh, is that you, Johnny? I didn't think you were there. I just walked in. I just walked oh. in the door. He hands me, he looked at me and handed me the phone. Oh, okay. That was a good bit of timing then. Uh, yeah, it was just a quick note to, uh, to say one of my uh, contacts got back to me from, uh, from one of the journalists that I normally hit up for some info. And yeah, I showed him some uh, showed him some photos, at least the what what we've got on, at least from what I've been able to pull the stuff that I've given you in the folder. Yeah, he said he he recognised her, and yeah, we we found her. She's down so in she's Coney a, Island. So she's alive. Yeah, uh, very much alive, and going by the name of uh, Madame Nona, it seems um, a uh, I think the best way to describe it is fortune teller. But yeah, she's she works down she works down at Coney Island. Um, it was actually last year that um, he was working on a case, uh, well, not a case, a story rather, uh, regarding the the mass fire down there. Um, back in this is something you would be familiar with. The back in 1932, there was a massive fire that spread through Coney Island and left over a thousand people homeless. So they're still re real rebuilding even at this point. And. Uh, Connors picks up. So yeah, I, I uh, my friend went down there and interviewed a few people, and one of the people he spoke to was this Mad, uh, Madam Nona. At least that's the name she went by, anyway. You, uh, do you have the ad? Do you have the address? 
Yeah, um, he gives you an address and also okay. to say that um, down by one of the piers uh, down there that there's a, basically a tent that she has set up for her fortune-telling uh, fortune business. All right, I, I, um, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Connors. No worries. Oh, um, before you go, um, I've got word from uh, Gonsalves as well that it looks like there's uh, stuff is hitting the fan up in Iceland. And I think uh, you guys will be wanting to be called in for a briefing fairly shortly, probably later on this afternoon. Okay, so pretty much as, as soon as you get here, Gonsalves is ready for you. All right, I'll let them know. Gotcha. I hope, that, I hope you uh, do well. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. What was that about Iceland? You said something I, about Iceland the other day. Oh, the there's a briefing this afternoon um, for for all of us over at Caduceus. I Iceland. You're right, Johnny. You look like you've seen a ghost. No, I, I um, no, I'm, I'm, I've got to go. I've got somewhere I've got to be, but I'll catch up with you guys at the briefing this afternoon. All right. And I go. Okay, so you're heading off solo. Yep, Iceland. Okay. Right, does anyone... I'll get to Johnny in a sec then. Uh, we'll do everyone else, because that scene might be a few minutes. So is anyone else doing anything before... Well, eventually I presume you're going to head back to the uh, back to the Medium building for, for the briefing. But do you want to do anything between now and then? I want to have a, a chat with Adi. Um, right here. <laughs> uh, well, now that uh, now that you've done your uh, your special, um, you know, can we all trust each other game thing? Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering if uh, if uh, you could help uh, if you could make something for me with your uh, all your technical powery stuff. What sort of thing are you looking for? Well, I'm a little bit worried about what exactly we might be coming up against. Uh, you know, things seem to keep getting bigger and bigger, like that giant snake and. All these huge and then that guy that keeps standing next to her, uh, Joshua Meadham. Um, you know the silent big ones are always the worst fuckers. Uh, listen, I was wondering if you could uh, you could make a bullet or something that that it's when it, I can shoot it in and once it's in there, it'll it'll implode or it'll just like completely eviscerate everything. So it'll be like a one hit, like no matter how big you fucking are, gone burgers. Well, but you're just talking about like a dum dum bullet. Yeah, but like times it by ten. An exploding round, exploding ammunition. Hmm. Am uh, am I present? Yeah, we're all present. We're all in my oh. in my new lab. Might you think of maybe putting a poison within it? Okay. There are some poisons, poisons that poisons. can withstand tremendous heat of the uh, of the round erupting inside the target. The only issue I've got with poison is. Is I mean, look at you, the truth serum stuff you made, right? It didn't work on Johnny because his DNA wasn't right. So there's no guarantee that the poison we're going to put in the person is going to work. Plus, most poisons are going to be slow acting. If I'm, if we're in a in a in a tight squeeze or something, I want to be able to shoot the fucker and then it's game. Like that's it, it's done. You know, he's not going to keep kind of coming at us. And um, have both. Yeah, both I mean, a couple of rounds. I've got plenty of no. exploding <laughs> and poison. Yeah, maybe well, the explosion may not explodes, do them in, but the that. poison might. You we'll know. call it an overkill bullet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I can, I can work on something. See, the problem is a balance. Um, mm -hmm. You've got to have something that actually 
uh, comes out of the barrel and stays intact, and then it hits, and then it explodes. Now, dum-dum bullets will do that, and if you get a high enough caliber one, when it hits, uh, the hole going into the person is going to be the size of the bullet, and the hole coming out is going to be this big around. Yeah. You know. But something that actually explodes, you wouldn't need poison, because if the thing exploded, unless the person can magically regenerate instantaneously, their their whole internal organs are going to be blown all the way across the room. That, that's yeah, that, if you're hitting center mass, but if you're grazing, so then it won't do the physical catch. damage. But the I, give doc, I give Doc a look when he says that and go, I don't graze, Doc. No. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, let me start working on something like that. I, I will have to do some ballistics test. But you do know that I have a lightning gun here that will vaporize things. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's good. But I'm, I just, you know, I thought this could be a, a handy thing. Like, I don't know if that needs time to charge or there's an element of risk to it. I mean, as you can, I've got, you know, plenty of well, weapons to be able to shoot this bullet out of. I, I know where you're coming from and I, I can work on it. Um, Much obliged. But there is something we should all take in, into consideration that we're trying to stop whatever these the machinations of these creatures are. Mm. Um, if we were to go straight for that, that bodyguard or for Medium, that would kind of give everything away. We might be completely cut off from any sources of information uh, no, that are going to lead us. I'm just preempting. Like, if he's running full pelt out, it's going to beat us up. I'm putting that fucker down. Hmm. That that's. I'm not saying like he's just going to be standing there. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to say if he's coming at us in an aggressive manner, he's not getting close to us. We. You haven't seen my uh, spiders do their job yet, but uh, <laughs> the faster and harder they run at you, the more they get hurt. And honestly, if you need to test anything. Uh, my nickname for Connor when we were kids was uh, Test Dummy, so uh, just, you know, there's nothing going on up there for him, so just you can beat him around all you want. and it's it, yeah, you, you guys you guys might be snake persons, but, uh, but I'm not. I still have some morality, I suppose, deep down inside. He'll be fine. <laughs> he's big enough and ugly enough to take care of himself. Don't forget, if we injure him, apparently he's going to look more and more like a snake. It'd be an improvement. Actually, the look he's got on his face right now is pretty snake-like, isn't it? Um, so what do you guys want to do? I guess we should get back to, to Caduceus and not let him know that we're doing anything. I'll, well, I'll head for my lab. We haven't uh, debriefed on Oklahoma either. That's true. I'm sure we can take care of that when they tell us about Iceland. Yeah. yeah. Two birds, right. one stone. So Matt, I've been quietly sitting in the corner, continuing to read that book. That uh, with that had the, you know, what I'm talking about, right? Oh yes. Uh, and then once I hear the conversation about Iceland, and Johnny hangs up the phone, and this conversation was going on, I just I put the book down. I walk over to the phone and I call the bookstore, mm -hmm. and I tell them to deliver a book to the Caduceus building, and I'll be handsomely uh, paid for it. Mm -hmm. And so it's there when we get to Caduceus and I could start um, learning Icelandic. Ah, okay. Yep, in which case, uh, dear Lester Goodman picks up the phone. He will uh, quite happily charge you a fairly nominal fee. Um, and he'll, yeah, he'll have it arranged to be there as soon as you arrive. Right, oh, Gerhard, um, that's good thinking, but you should be warned. 
I hear that Icelandic is the most difficult language on the planet to learn. So it'll take me a couple of days instead of an hour. <laughs> yeah. You'll learn it on the plane over there, don't worry. <laughs> and then I go quietly, just go back to the book and continue reading. Well, we're going to go back to Caduceus then. All right. Don't tell anybody where this place the... is. This is that's, our secret. That's all five, uh, all one, two, three, five, five of you heading over there then, yeah? Also, just before we leave, uh, there's a way over here to get up onto the roof. So if you think that you've been followed back here, uh, you can give us a signal. We'll go up on the roof and shoot anybody who's following you. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. So you start heading back to, back to Manhattan, or down anyway. And Johnny's heading over to Coney Island. So... As mentioned, there's still the remnants of this terrible fire that ran through Coney Island last year. So the place is almost essentially one large building site. It's a district of scaffolding, burnt out buildings, uh, areas that have still been torn, uh, torn down and waiting to be cleared. And then beyond that, the kind of carnival funfair uh, area that goes along the shore. So there's numerous piers and arcades that run all along here. Uh, which do you want to go to first? Do you want to go to her, the address that you've been given where she lives or the tent that's on one of the piers? I think I'm going to walk down the pier and just mm -hmm. kind of soak it in and see if I can happen across her tent. I, just, I kind of like okay. the uh, carnival type atmosphere there. <laughs> you probably wander for 15, 20 minutes going along a couple of different areas. And then you do come to one particular tent it's almost um almost like a yurt really that's kind of off to one side it's a fairly big tent this large opening that's just dark inside with another like, tent flap behind it to keep out the light from the outside world uh, this somewhat garish sign out the front just says do you want to know your future madam nona can show you i'll go into that tent or however I need to do to, to go inside. Okay, you're just you're going to step in and then pull the interior curtain to one side. And your eyes start adjusting to the dark, which is, for you, a bit easier now these days. Uh, you see that there's a, got a second area beyond the one that you're now finding yourself in, which you think is probably the equivalent of a back room, um, just somewhere private where uh, the person inside can go if they need to. But otherwise, there's a large table with a green leather top in the middle of the room, a couple of chairs uh, behind the table, but then a row of three or four in front. So if there was need, one person, uh, two people could be sat behind and then the other presumably paying customers would be in front. Uh, you can see a lady, well, at least a feminine figure, sat on one of the two further chairs that she's wearing very baggy, of dark clothing it's almost like she's wearing a, a morning dress and there's a veil over her face you see a crystal ball in the middle of the table and she's currently shuffling a pack of what look to be tarot cards mm. and she looks up at you and then gestures one kind of lace gloved hand to the array of seats in front of her and says please please sit I'll go do you want to know the future yeah, I'd like that. 
Okay. Um, she starts shuffling cards. What what brings you here? I'm looking for someone. I, um, I've been searching for a long time. Oh. Well, hopefully you might uh, you might find who you're looking for. You're Madame Nona, right? Yes, indeed. The 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 fortune teller to all, the seer of all things. <laughs> um, you can give me an occult role, actually, at this point. Oof, I don't. That's a fifty-six. When I get there, oh no, that's a very very terrible fail. Okay, uh, fifty-six on five. <laughs> okay, the the significance of the name doesn't manifest at this point in time. All right, she she hands over the card, uh, the deck of cards to you, and says, "If you'd like to to cut, oh, I'll let them sit just like they are. Just tap the top one. Just tap the okay. deck, and okay. Right. In which case." She lays them out. I'll do a, uh, a simple five-card spread that will show where you've come from and where you're going. And one by one, she gently lays out the cards in front of her, lining them up meticulously. Uh, maybe under the veil, you can see a slight look of concern creep across her face. Uh, but what she lays looks a little like this. Yeah, so she she looks down at the King of Swords, or the Knight of Swords, rather, and gestures with her hand. This is your past, and then gestures across to Death Inverted on the far right and says, this is your your future. The, the Knight of Swords is a... Oh, it can be a double-edged card. Um... This, to me, strikes that someone came into your life some time ago. Someone that is a, a soldier or warrior, someone with a purpose, and someone that means to act, act by force, that maybe could be a, a, dangerous, a dangerous influence upon you. The, the Ten of Wands, I mean, on its own, might be might have been a good thing, but coupled with the, the Nine of Swords next to it, implies that, yes, you, you've been looking for something for a while, uh, a long time, and recently you, you've, achi- you've, you've achieved it. You've you found what you were looking for, but only for it to be a, a tainted victory of sorts, a, uh, something in vain, something, something maybe that you didn't, you didn't want. And then the... The Ten of Swords, she taps that card somewhat delicately. This is only a possible future, not, a, not something that's set in stone, but it implies failure of the worst kind, complete and utter failure, only to result in inverted death. Uh, she looks up and says, now the death isn't quite what it, what it says on the tin, don't uh, you don't need to be too alarmed but uh if it was the right way up it would just mean change it would be a metamorphosis but inverted the consequence for whatever this failure is that you are you stand upon the threshold of is stagnation or stasis or decay maybe 
maybe something worse than death. She looks up at you. What you, does it say? You say someone you're looking for. Yeah, someone. My whole life, for as far back as I can remember, I um, done a lot of things. I've done a lot of bad things. I've taken advantage of a lot of people to try to get to where I wanted to be, and um, to try to find who I was looking for. And uh, you know, oddly enough, I think all I needed to do was um, maybe come out to Coney Island and go into a fortune teller's tent because I think what I'm looking for is here. She gets a little bit nervous and you can see that she's looking either side, almost trying to see what's the best route around the table to get away, uh, away from you to the, the entrance. No, there's no reason. Don't be nervous. I'm, uh, you know, you see the future. And I guess I can see the past. Because when I look at you, I don't see Madame Nona. I see Audrey Matheson. She, you can see that she's trembling underneath the, the veil. And you're not harm. You're not with you're not with the snakes, are you? No. Well you know. Mm, it's even hard for me to tell you, but you're my mother. She... And I'll, I'll pull out the picture, the half that I still carry with me, and I'll put that on top of the tarot cards. She, she just starts. You can see she's trying to stifle it, but you can hear that she starts sobbing. I, I didn't know if they, they maybe would have got to you up in the up in the orphanage I, I i just had to run when when it all hit when it all hit the fan i'm, that, I'm just that, so sorry yeah well there's a lot that hit whatever it was it was a lot <sighs> so um but i got a lot of you know there's a lot of people that are um that are in danger right now there's a we we really need anything that you know when did when did Joshua what happened to Joshua? My dad, I guess. What happened, you know, what happened to dad? It just seems so odd to say it because he's so distant and different and he's he acts as though he doesn't even know me. That's probably because he doesn't. I if you've met if you've met the person or the thing that calls himself Joshua Meadham. It can't be him because I'm I'm positive he died in not back in 1912. It looks like him. It, it's everybody calls him Joshua Meadham. He's it's. Oh, it it looks like him. It walks like him. It talks like him. But it's not him. I mean, I I didn't spend much time with him. Um, you can hear that she's kind of shuffling her feet under the desk. It's I okay. was. I know. I know. That, that past, I know. It's not. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Well, easy to say, not easy enough to live with. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I was a well. He was a client of mine back in '06. Um, he was spending more and more time, from what I've been told, in Manhattan, in in New York, because he. 
he'd lost his wife um, back in oh, must be just before the turn of the century 1898 um, his wife Melissa uh, died giving birth to their their only child their daughter Rose um, and he found it tough after that I mean he found it real tough he just threw himself into his work to that was his life um, and I know I wasn't the first um, that he called upon for for comfort and for a um, for good time and yeah, in, in 06, uh, I was with him. I was only 25 at the time. He was a good payer. I didn't complain that he, he wanted to go wanted to go all the way. And I I got pregnant. And yeah, that was uh, that was you, my boy. Um, I I contacted him. I told him what the situation was. I asked him, what, what are you going to do about it? Um, he didn't want to get rid of you. I didn't want to get rid of you. So, but he didn't want the, the potential, not a scandal, but he didn't want the, the story hanging over, um, hanging over him. So he paid me to keep quiet. Um, I moved you up to the, uh, up to the, abort, uh, the orphanage mainly to keep, her to keep you safe that I was thinking that if if he did decide to change his mind he was a man of power and influence he could have easily tried to take or take the problem out and have it dealt with at least keeping you at arm's length and keeping you away from New York meant that you weren't in you weren't in his reach the photo she taps it on the table was the only time that he ever met you I believe um, he contacted me to say, look, I want to make sure that the kid's safe. I want to make sure that I'm not just keeping um, paying you money for a kid that doesn't exist. Um, I want to see him. So I went up to the orphanage. I paid the staff um, a few bucks, managed to sneak you out for the day, took you down to his estate in New Canaan, I think it was. Um, introduced you to him. The photo was taken there. Me hand in hand with you you dropped back at the orphanage and that was the that was the last i saw of you but 1912 the money stopped coming when you were just six so i went to go and basically not confront him but basically find out what's what's going on and i got to his got to his estate and he didn't know who I was. He didn't recognize me. He, he pumped me for info in retrospect, trying to find out who the hell I was and what I was doing here. And well, um, I've always had some gestures back down at the cards. I've had a, a gift, I guess. Sometimes I catch glimpses, glimpses of the future, just little things. And what I saw wasn't a man there. It was, it was a snake. A snake that I'm, I'm fairly sure killed him and has taken his place. And I think he knew that I knew. So when, I, when I got back, I just cleared up all the stuff out of my apartment and I ran. 
I, I went hiding the, the best I could. I changed my identity, changed everything about me and decided to embrace this gift of mine that I always kind of looked down upon. Um, only to find that the day after I finally got out of there that the, the, the apartment where I was living with the other girls was bombed, a firebombed. Mm. I've been down here ever since, just hiding and hoping that they won't find me. All, all the signs in the card say that I won't be found. And that's, well, found by them anyway. Maybe I should have asked some more specific questions. Yeah. Not maybe reached out sooner, but I was worried that if they had found me and they were waiting and watching that I, if I went back to the orphanage, I'd lead them straight to you. I, could, I couldn't have that happen. You did what was right. You did what you thought was right. So I mean, I don't hold that against you. I, there's no ill, you know, there's no ill will. There's no, um, there's no hard feelings. It's just nice to actually see you that you do exist and to know that, you know, to see more than just the wrist to the hand, you know, to see what's on the other, <laughs> the other side of the picture. I've been carrying this thing for, for my whole life. And, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to picture a whole mom when all you got is a wrist and a couple of fingers around yours. So it's just kind of nice to know you exist. She lifts the, lifts the veil so you can see underneath. And yeah, she's in her late forties, maybe early fifties. Now it's a bit hard to pin down, pin down her age. She looks like she's, she's almost got that kind of thousand yard stare that she's seen things. But yeah, otherwise she's, she would have been a very, a very pretty lady, a pretty girl back in her mid twenties. Well, hopefully, and she looks down at those last two cards again. Hopefully we do have, have some time, but this doesn't look good. No, no, it doesn't. I, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know whether to, to, to hug you or to thank you or to be mad at you. I don't, I, it's so much. I, I, to tell you the truth, I didn't even know if I would come down here when they told me they, that they knew where you were. I just, there's so much going on in New York right now. They've got us, there's a team of us and I'm afraid we're all in a lot of trouble. We're all in a lot of danger. We've got ourselves into something that maybe even combined we can't get out of. She nods again, looking down at those cards. Something now, is coming. But now, you know, knowing you exist, I mean, that's something, you know, that, that that's something real. That's not, I, I've spent so, just year after year, I didn't worry about anybody. I didn't have anybody else. It was just me. I didn't have to think about anything else. And now... I always dream like, oh, one day I'm going to know. One day I'm, I'm going to meet her. I'm going to find her and, and, and there'll be something. And, and, and now I have and I should be happy, but I'm not. I'm scared to death. She gets up from the table, just walks around and just gives you a big hug while you're still sat down. You can see that she's still got watery eyes. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, of course I'll, I'll just hold on to her arm and, and 
take note of of how her of her smell you know not not in a weird way but just like you know how it is yeah she's she's definitely wearing perfume she, uh, she just sort of nods just be careful okay they if i remember yeah. did the did the staff say they it was johnny was the name they yeah. gave you wasn't it yeah she, johnny adavino they call me Angel. I was going to say my uh, my little angel. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna look down the picture, of course, still being on the table, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna reach down, and I'm gonna take that. Uh, I'm gonna take that picture and just slide it over the inverted death. And I'll just walk out of the tent. You, you think you hear just as you're heading out the tent, you hear this faint, I love you, I love you, son. I'll just, I'll keep walking. I'll keep walking. Okay. Where are you going after you leave, leave the area? I'm just going to take the slowest route possible back to back to the Caduceus headquarters to get me there right about the time of the debrief. Okay. So the rest of you are going to get there fairly, fairly ahead of time. Um, anything you want to do while you're killing the time there? Not particularly. I'm going to go down to my lab and fiddle around. Uh, there's a particular office I would like to break into. Oh, if at all possible. I've given you one of those cameras that's self, uh, mm-hmm. self-focusing. It looks like a pencil or a pen. Okay. Oh, you, you certainly know the way up there, so that isn't a problem. So I know what uh, Odd and Connor are doing. Um, Magnus? Um, I'm just going to see if uh, Gerhard would like to go and have a chat with uh, Queenie. Mm-hmm. We do, but we need to have Odd's device with us. You can have it. No, we know she's a snake. <laughs> no, not the the record the brain recorder. recording device. Well, we we got. Did we not bring that with us? Did we? The suitcase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, perfect. I showed I you how to turn it on. I think you're gonna look less inconspicuous holding the suitcase though, out of the two of us. Just all you have to do is bring it in and set it next to the door as you walk in. No, uh, Magnus, you walk in with it and just say that it's your guns. In fact, she's a snake. She could smell things. Crack open a bullet and drop some gunpowder and rub it. I rub it on the... Okay, I don't know if Adi's going to love that I'm like putting gunpowder on On the outside of it, just not pouring it in the mechanism so it smells like bullets. For all she knows, she doesn't know humans that well. For all she knows, people walk around with suitcases. (laughs) She does know magic. There's no magic involved. All uh, technology. Science and magic are just different ends of the same spectrum. All right, let's go, Gerhard. All right. Hey, um, what's the good doctor doing? I'm going to my lab. Uh, we're at Caduceus, correct? Yeah. I'm going to my lab and uh, nonchalantly gathering equipment and items for our makeshift lab elsewhere and sort of very casually just kind of putting 
some things in my uh, doctor's case uh, for later on, making sure that's well stocked. I don't want to run out of parts or ingredients. Gotcha. So similar to all your going over equipment and so on. All right, uh, we'll do Connor first. So you head up to your uh, nice little window that you've got uh, on the 16th floor, I believe in one of the none or lesser used rooms. And then there's the route straight up the side of the building, which will then get you level with the window. Um, give me a stealth roll, please. Just remember, you're not tied to me this time. Yeah, so I'm 83. I'm going to spend eight points of luck to make that a pass. That's pretty good. Uh, because when you get to the window that would lead into Medum's office, you just shimmy into um, kind of into view and are just about to open the window when you see there are three people in there. Uh, Medum's one of them. Then you've got man mounting himself, Canning, and also Frank DeLuca, the head of security. Uh, they're all around Medum's desk looking at something, presumably what looks like maybe paperwork on the desk. Are they are they talking loud enough so I can eavesdrop? You have to give me an extreme listen roll to try and hear through the glass, at the, especially at this height with the amount of wind that will be whipping around you. Nope. Now, you, you catch maybe that it sounds almost like that maybe they're organizing some kind of travel something, but that's about as much as you can get. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. Okay. Um, they are not going anywhere. It seems whatever they're discussing, they are talking about it for quite some time. So the, the time, because when you, when you all checked in at the front desk, they'd say that the, um, the briefing's been arranged for about one o'clock. So you, you've got maybe, well, if you did want to hang out here for a, an hour or two, but it might get a bit uncomfortable on 18 floors up. Yeah, I'll I'll go back down mm -hmm. and wait, lounge around somewhere else. And... Gotcha. Yeah, there's plenty of places to do that, either on the Caduceus floors or back down in the basement if you want to go to the labs. Yeah, I'll, I'll join Adi in the labs. Okay. Right. Magnus and Gerhardt next then. So you head down the room to uh, Tyranish's apartment, well, I was going to say apartment, but her, her room. Uh, you open up the door, and of course, the minute she sees Gerhardt, she looks around uh, behind him and is a little, seems a little confused when the door shuts and it's just the two of you. She says, are you, are you, you've brought one of your own? You're still muted. No, no, no. That, that's not for that. I'm not um, lunch. I'm not lunch. No, it wasn't for lunch. You know what it was. Remember but, switching? Anyway, we, we, we got you, but things have gotten a little more difficult. Meetum is, is up some security measures, and there's a few other things going on. Um, I, I, I need to ask you a couple things first. You know how I feel about you, and that hasn't changed. But I need to hear you. I need to hear you talk about this. You can see that she's kind of a, maybe a combination of disappointed and annoyed, but she just nods and says, "Always with questions. All, all the apes always with questions." Go on, ask away. Tell me about the weapon. 
the volcanoes blotting out the sun. She blinks and is evidently taken aback. You you know about it? Yes, the older things, eternal darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she nods. Yeah, a weapon that, as far as I was concerned, was never going to get used. Uh, that's that's what the older thing attack was was to prevent. Right, and, but it it's phased in and out of reality, correct? Well, both Mu and the and the Citadel is. It was one of the fail safes. If if everything if everything went wrong, they would phase the Citadel out in and out of reality between here and beyond, just so that no one else could could get entry. Um, from from what I understand from the Elder Thing incursion, that because they couldn't get into the Citadel, they phased Mu out so that the whole the whole world would be protected. Their own cities wouldn't wouldn't be devastated. I mean, this you you must know this wasn't what the Citadel was intended for originally. The that the whole div- the device the weapon was was built purely so it could tap into the energy of Gatanatho or underneath the Citadel in in the mountain. And it was those who worshipped Sathogra wanted to ch- wanted to set this thing off. This whole religious schism that blighted my race for millennia now. So what do the what do the the Yig followers want with this weapon then? They they don't want the weapon. They want what else is at the Citadel. And what what else is at the Citadel? <laughs> many things, <laughs> many many things. I, there's to be honest. There's a couple of candidates as to what they could want. Uh, they want being followers of. She almost says the word with disdain. Yig. That those who want to want to follow, want to promote strength and and dominance. I wouldn't be surprised if the if the serpent if the serpents who follow Yig would want to use what's at the citadel to enforce that authority. There's a few ways. There's a few ways they could do it. There's various delivery systems there for various biological, what you would refer to as biological weapons or biological warfare devices. That if they did want to spread something, that would be where they could, where they could do it. I mean, we as a race have had that capability for millennia. We know exactly what drugs, what diseases that could affect you, you apes, in such a way that you would be made compliant and malleable. But the problem that they've well, we, they, have always had was an, an efficient delivery system. Um, oh, sorry. So you're saying that YIG, one of the things they do is they put out a... They use, like, biological virus-type stuff like that, and they put that into people to enslave the human, like the people. That's something that YIG does. It's it's a capability also that people have if they... I, um, I look at Gerhard and go... Motherfuckers were the ones that put the yellow death there. <gasps> oh. um, it, she shakes her head. No, the the yellow death isn't used to control. The yellow death is used to exterminate. If human populations got too too great in a single area, we'd release the disease to cull them. I I literally like turn around and punch the wall, and I go back to Gerhard. I go, fucking, they put it there themselves. They killed those fucking people. Just for the fucking air. Oh my fucking god, Gerhard. You've been around. You've been around. Oh my god, what's his name? Uh, I just blanked on his name. Joshua. Joshua Meadham. What is he? He's not human. 
you're going to have to give me a very good persuade role to get to open up about him. Uh, fuck, I don't, I don't think I'll go. <laughs> Am I allowed to try as well, or is it just Gerhard? Um, you can assist oh. if you want. So if, if you I, want to I, choose who the leader is, if you want to choose who the leader is, that's the person that's going to make the main role. The assister yeah. rolls there, also their persuade. If you get a success, you will give, in this case, it sounds like Gerhardt's going to be the lead, you'll give him a bonus time. Ah, oh, sorry, I failed, man. I don't have good persuade, bro. I have a sixty in persuade, so let me see. Thirty-eight. Nice. Which okay. is just shy of a hard. Well, two points shy of a hard. Are you happy with a regular success? As no, I say, I'm gonna push it down to hard. I'll spend uh, eight points. Okay. Now she she shakes her head and says, "No, he." He isn't human, but I'm not exactly sure what he is. Well, we know his bodyguard is a snake. No offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he might be... Uh... You can't think of what he might be? And I, I have my suspicions. I think he's a hybrid. So you and... think he's part human and part snake? No, no, I think he's a snake that's been um, altered with human DNA to make him appear oh. for all intents and purposes like a human. Um, this is how his shadow would be perfectly normal and how he wouldn't have been discovered since, but something about his smell. That's why I was <laughs> going to ask what he smelled like. Actually, when, when she does that, she ponders a second and then slowly turns to Magnus. What happened to you recently? You don't smell the same. Uh, yeah, I um, actually, you'll probably um, you'll probably quite like this. I kind of blew up a servant of Yig. <laughs> the corner of her mouth curls in a smile. Uh, was that a particularly close servant? Yeah, then this big kind of like ghost yig was not happy. And, um, well, I didn't know it at the time, but then, uh, yeah, apparently I might now not be completely human. I don't know. Still haven't worked that part out yet, but, uh, you know what? I don't regret it. She, she nods. He is a, a vengeful God and his curse is, is terrible. I would, uh, I would be careful. Well, guess what? I'm a vegetable god as well. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, oh. The smile, the smile drops from her face, and she turns back to Gerhardt. When are you going to get me someone that I can take their appearance? As soon as I possibly can. The, the basically the whole, our whole group is working on this now. So we're we're all gonna we're working on getting you out of here, and and stopping Meetum. We don't even know. We think Meetum is corrupt now too. So I think Meetum wants to get to the island to get the weapon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think, she shakes her head again and thinks, I'm, "I'm not so sure about that." I think he wants the other. I think he's. I think he wants the stuff that's in the Citadel that she was talking about. 
Right. Either way, he wants to get to the island. Yeah, well, that's why he's got her here. He's he's got her here to because he knows the only way he can try and find it and get in there is to fucking, you know. I, uh, we will get you out, I promise. By the end of the day? Uh, I can't promise that. And she just looks down and nods slowly. Okay. I sent you a message. Yes, I just saw it. <laughs> uh, she signs the same thing back to you. I... Uh, Oh, I can read sign language. Oh, go ahead. Give me a roll. <laughs> um, that is going to be... I'm going to spend the seven luck to pass. <laughs> it's only three, three words. They're very short ones. I love yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> can I sign get a room? <laughs> she just her eyes narrow at you. <laughs> oh shit! They've been learning. And I, too. I do it as I grin. I'm just like. Anyway, I'll see you soon. Whoa! Do you know anything in Iceland? And then I kind of do a rudimentary sketch of the globe and point out where she would know Iceland as. Give me a luck roll. Spot on. I, I, if I, yeah, 83 out of 83. I thought I <laughs> fucked it up for spending that luck. <laughs> uh, she nods. Uh, yes, I do know about Iceland. Well, at least what you refer to it as Iceland. It was just a lump of rock when, when we set the facility up there. Um, there's an outpost there that was conducting research on how to um, genetically enhance the Vormis. Promise. Yeah. Um, both of you can give me a Cthulhu Mythos roll. This is your domain, Nick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's a big fail on my part. <laughs> oh, freaking one. Oh, oh there you go. Um, you are aware of having read, uh, read about them in some of the materials that uh, from the, the orientation package and some of the stuff you've read upstairs um, in the, the archives, and suddenly the big penny drops. These are the um, big hairy creatures that you saw in those designs back in Bolivia. They are used as a servitor race by the serpent people to do all their biddings. Think the equivalent of a Shoggoth for the other things. The Vormis would be used as the serpent people's uh, slaves. Right. They are humanoid, hairy, and with an O1, you also believe them, that there are certain parallels that might uh, lead to them being the foundation of the troll myths or troll legends in Scandinavia. Uh, okay, uh, Magnus, those things on the the, the cave wall on the uh, complex wall. Those oh, hairy... the big Sasquatch-looking things. Yep. Yeah, we we use them as back to Turkish speaking. Uh, we use them as slaves to do our basically our heavy lifting. Um, we chose what say what you call Iceland now. They're just a big rock in the middle of nowhere because there was very little to no indigenous population. If they got out of control, they couldn't get anywhere. And we built it on a volcano so that if anything did go wrong, that it, the volcano could be detonated and destroy all of the, uh, all of the test subjects. Oh, crap. Smart. 
No, I, right. I never, I never heard what happened to it. But I, as far the last I was aware was that the uh, the gate mechanism that was there from the other outpost no longer worked. So I presume that someone had tripped the tripped the failsafe. But there was there was a whole wealth of technology there. I mean, there was artifacts we'd stolen from the Mego. There was a whole range of uh, technology that we could uh, that we used to great effect there. I saw Odd's eyes light up like a Christmas tree there. <laughs> All right, so we're going to Iceland. I don't know when. I'm going to try and get you out before then. We kind of have a spot set up somewhere. Um, I, I, can't pro I can't physically promise you tonight. If I knew for a fact, I would. I'll tell you, but I'm not going to lie to you. And okay. I give her a big hug, and I tell her I, I got to go. Their meeting's waiting now. Okay, just don't be don't be long. And she could see my face is genuine. It's not like you know. And yeah, yeah. Magnus. All right. And I'll pick up my uh, my gun suitcase. And out of the room. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we forgot to turn it on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there was what? What was this button on? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let, let's get back this back up to Adi. See if what she was thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm just down the hall. Yep, not that far away. We run over. Are you back? All right. Well, let's let's find out what mm -hmm. the truth is. And we oh, don't yeah. need to fill them in because they'll hear the conversation. So. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Right. So playback comes through crystal uh, crystal clear. Um, she wasn't holding back on anything there. She wasn't lying. She wasn't trying to deceive. She generally does uh, genuinely does have doubts about Medum, but her best guess is indeed that he is a serpent person hybrid because she can smell that there is something serpent about him. Um, likewise, the big goon um, canning that follows around uh, follows him around. Uh, beyond that, the only bit that really comes through as being maybe disturbing is right in the very last moment um, when you leave. Mm -hmm. uh, she is convinced that if you're going on, uh, that if you're going up to a briefing about Iceland, that you are going to be heading out of there very soon, which means that you will probably not that you don't want to come back, but that you won't be able to come back and give her what she she needs. She's going to open a gate to Calcutta. As, as soon as you left the room and leave uh, it's just uh, this this is the most costly option that she was trying to desperately avoid doing because it costs her part of her basically her, her pal to do so was there any deception about what her original intention is with the bomb or the island uh, the only bit that comes up is about that delivery system that she mentioned she wants that as well. She want, uh, She intends to um, to send out something. You get almost this. Um, this because it's only it's only vocally that you're recording on. Right. But right. You, you catch almost this memory of the sound of mechanical wings. That it might be some biomechanical device that they're talking about for this for this delivery system. But yeah, something that could spew a a mutagen around the world, which 
she wants for her own ends. As soon as I hear about the Calcutta portal, I tear off down the hallway. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm just like, oh, crap. <laughs> um, you get back to the room, um, knocking, presumably? No. Oh, you, you just storm in? Yeah. Uh, the temperature's a bit warmer in here, as if they're being exposed to some fairly high heat. Uh, there's a scorch mark on one wall uh, that looks like a ring had been burnt into it, and then just a note on the wall that said, I'm sorry, I couldn't wait any longer. I love you. And then an X underneath it. I grab the note and I put it in my book, and then I do a cursory search of the room, but like, I mean, like seconds, like just to see if there's any anything there, and then I, I, I um, back out. I, as he's doing that, I sprint in and I go to the vent where I'd seen the, I first found it and I'm yep. just ripping it out of the wall. Okay, you rip it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there any, uh, the scorch, how bad is the scorch? Can I take a handkerchief or my shirt and wipe it down? Uh, you probably need a bit more than just a handkerchief. Um, but if you've got a, uh, not like a mop and bucket, but a brush and some soapy water, you could probably get rid of most of it. It would take them a little bit of time to work out what exactly had happened here. That's what I want to do, buy her some time at least. Mm -hmm. Okay, you start cleaning up. It's about uh, this time then that Johnny, after I got your, your message, so yep, thumbs up on that, uh, that he arrives at the Meadham building as well. So whereabouts are you, are you heading when you arrive? Oh, you're muted. you're muted. We don't have too much longer before the debrief, right? Correct. Probably about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I'll just walk down to the, to the lab. Mm -hmm. See if they're down there. Yeah. I mean, when, when you get down to that corridor, um, you hear there's definitely... Um, the sounds of commotion from Tyranish's room and there's a the sound of people moving around in the lab. So it seems like there's a split here. I'll just stand in the hallway. I'll lean up against the wall in the hallway. I... Mm -hmm. No reason for me to go in. Okay. In which case, then, when Gerhardt's finished cleaning up and, say, Magnus has finished destroying the, um, the microphone in there, um, you see Johnny leaning up against the wall, heading back to, um, on the way back towards Odd's lab. Oh, hey, Johnny. Um, you didn't see us in there. No. Yeah. Uh, I come out of my lab with my uh, my little suitcase uh, reset. Uh, hey, Johnny. Hi. So uh, we know a lot more, I think, now than we knew before. That uh, we know that Meetham's a, a hybrid of some sort. So it's his yeah. bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, the queen has vanished. But we're not going to say anything how, about that. How do you know that? I, because I was in the room when we played back the thing that said that she was about to vanish and go to Calcutta. And then you guys ran out to check and she's not there. Yeah, we lost our opportunity to put a bullet in our skull. So that means that she's going after the crown because that's where the, the crown is. The crown, that's what I'm... Um, I, I say we crown. say we say absolutely nothing. We go to the briefing and find out what's going on and let them find out that she's... Well, dear, 
I saw him. I tried to get into the office. They were around a table doing some pretty serious planning, but not Shapiro. Well, Shapiro's dead. He's no, not. No, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, not Shapiro. Yeah. yeah. So many names. This was, it was DeLuca was with him this time. Uh, the guy he was, briefed us in the first one, yeah. Well, and he was mentioned in that uh, that paper that we found the last time you were in that lab in the mm. in Meadham's office. Oh, by the way, Adi, here's some spare parts. <laughs> what? Is this a primitive a microphone? I don't know. It just it, it, uh, yeah. All right. I throw I, them I, back I, in the lab. Have any of us seen Gonzalez since we've gotten back from Oklahoma? No, big, it's a big building. He'd be anywhere fiddling around with his junk. The, 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 the mechanical, the mechanical wings. Could the crown be a, a device? Remember, she said they would put a, something on the Tyrannosaurus Rex to, to manipulate them. Well, to Maybe control them. The crown might be the controlling device for that that distribution device. I'm glad that someone remembered me saying that. <laughs> Keep yep. that in mind. Um, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I but, don't uh, think about the crown. Let's yeah. let's get up to the briefing. Because why would you want to be a queen to a non-existent populace? Well, like I yeah. said, I think that they're going to try to make everybody susceptible oh. to the crown. And uh, the other thing, you guys probably heard in the recording, but um, yeah, pretty sure that uh, Caduceus was the one that uh, put out the yellow death. Why would you say that? Well, because that's what apparently we were talking to the Queen. She was saying that's that's one of the th MOs of the Yig people. That's what they want to do. I'll, I'll, I'll correct you on that point. Um, they said it's something that serpent people had access to. Yeah. But also remember that the serpent person agent that you've uh, encountered in North Borneo turned himself into a formless spawn, which is indica indicative of him worshipping Sothogwa. He also murdered Shapiro and took over his form. So yes, Shapiro was Caduceus. And the internet is all about killing all of us. It's lovely. Us. But I'm more curious about the part in the recording where you mentioned a ghost form of Yig. Yeah. 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 What's that about? Well, when I killed the preacher. Like no, you said you said you said blew up. You you well, killed yeah. the preacher? Mic drop. Yeah. What do you mean you killed the preacher? Well, I wasn't going to let him keep infecting the people of that town. But, but when we left, he was there. Yeah, me and Johnny got drunk. And we went and blew up the preacher. But we saw the preacher when we left. Yeah, no, we were driving away. The one that kept birthing it out. I blew it up. Johnny gave it to his friend. The, what do you call him, Johnny. Ah, uh, Mordigian. That one. I don't really care. They're all they're all a bunch of snake people at this point. But holy shit, you people get into things that I can't even imagine. But fine, let's get up to the briefing. We're going to be late. I, I don't think a net gun would have worked on him. How about a bullet that catches you in a net, then goes inside you and explodes <laughs> and poisons you? Luck. Yeah. You might have think you've done something, but but if, if Yig is a god, then he can just make another body for the preacher. He made one for him, he can make another one. He didn't oh, no, no, the body's the gone. The, the body is... Place. The, Mordigian ate 
the, the body is gone. He just made a new one. That wasn't that wasn't the preacher's body to begin with, anyway. Well, yes, was it was. It? That was the the preacher's the original body. That but was, it had that a it, it had a big old vagina or cloaca. Yeah, but there's nothing there now to come. Whatever, out whatever, whatever. Who cares? That's that's hey, long. That's past. What do I know about the curse of Yig? It actually happened two days ago. And take uh, as far as you're aware, because you've read the Gospels. Yeah. Uh, it can take numerous forms, uh, whether it's something that would be to wither a body patent, uh, potentially, or a more ironic form of punishment that if they attack a snake, thou shalt become a snake, so become yeah. uh, to become thine enemy. Sounds quite fitting. You're lucky we're going somewhere cold, buddy. Yeah, no snakes in Iceland. Mm -hmm. Upstairs. Oh, I picked up my book on Icelandic from the front desk when I came in, too. Yep, that was indeed ready. Okay. Uh, the, the, you see that the courier had just delivered it when you arrived. Right. I feel like we're on an icy slide, and there's just no way to get off, and we're just going to keep sliding. And We've picked our direction. Now we're going that way, and there's nothing that we can do about it. So we might as well go with it. Let's go with it. Let's see what comes of the meeting, the depression. I always wanted to go to Iceland. Okay, so it sounds like everyone's heading up. Yeah. Okay, uh, you are showing up to the now familiar meeting room uh, where Gonzalves is waiting for you. Uh, there are various maps of Iceland uh, pinned to the walls, along with a series of what be some look to be artist impressions or some old medieval woodcuts of trolls. So they are uh, they're pinned up. What was the name of that creature again? Vormis. The land of the trolls. Say it one more time in here. Vormis. V-O-R. Yeah. M-I-S. Yeah, I just couldn't. I'm tired. <laughs> <sighs> I'm actually going to walk over to the map. If it's if it's an actual detailed map. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to look for Snuffle's joke. Because I like Jules Verne's. Uh, very mm -hmm. much, and I go, ah, that's where it happened. And I look over at Gonzalez. He probably's like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he got, he's all raising an eyebrow and says, how how did you know? I said, well, that's that's journey to the center of the earth. That's that's where they go into the. Uh, you've you've surely you've read Jules Verne's Doctor. Come on. Yeah, no, I've, I've read it. I thought you meant. I thought you were talking about the uh, the recent earthquakes and the fact that the volcano has woken up again. That's that's why you're here. Oh, okay. I had no idea. That's just the only place I know. Oh, in it's, Iceland. It's been reported in the newspapers, at least maybe several pages in, only small stories. But no, it's uh, the situation there's escalating. But oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to oh. that. I'll get to that. Yeah, it looks uh, looks like we're uh, shipping you out to Iceland. In fact, to the um, to Snæfellsjökull, to the volcano. Um, really? Yeah, you can uh, have a little sightsee around there if you like, but. I'll say I'll get I'll get to that in due time. Please, please, everyone, take a seat. You find out that Arne Sarkinson was a real person. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> I, I doubt, very much doubt, he went down that that hole. If he did, he uh, yeah, definitely wouldn't have come back. But anyway, um, first off, thank you everyone for for coming in. Uh, we are a bit uh, tight on time. Um, I just wanted uh, first of all to do a quick debrief from the situation in uh, Bingham, Oklahoma. So um, he looks first of all to uh, Dr. Valens. 
says, um, Doctor, did you have that list ready that you uh, promised me on the on the radio? Um, I was not able to get their names. That was uh, not as easy to to gather. But I do have a head count, though. Oh, okay. Um, how many people are we looking at? Uh, I believe it was seven. Seven that that low. Okay. Um, you can see he quickly he pulls out a notepad and he just writes something fairly fairly quickly Fact, on the pad I think and it line. was less because there was a couple of casualties too, so I think that number is reduced. Oh, okay. Um, he just underlines whatever he's written there again. He doesn't make a addendum to it. Then flips the notepad shut and puts it back in his jacket pocket. Um, so if if you don't mind running through all the details of what happened in in Bingham that would be uh, that would be great for my for not for my notes. Um, he sits down at the table where there's already a pad and paper there, a bigger pad, and sits there poised with a pen, ready to write down the details of what you go through. Uh, rather than talk through the whole thing, uh, if anyone wants to go back and re-listen to the episodes, certainly more than welcome. Uh, is there anything you want to omit, change, or? generally tamper with or are you generally telling the truth uh, the, that the, except that the preacher took us to uh, a place somewhere out in the north uh, of the town to uh, and we can't tell you exactly where it is but it was probably about 30 miles north out in the desert mm. um, there's lots of desert around there yeah unfortunately we drove around in a our vehicle broke down at one point and so we're a little disoriented. He knew where it was intrinsically, but we don't know exactly where it was. Ah, okay. But you can see he underlines another passage in this uh, in this larger pad he's writing in. Yeah, kind of a makeshift altar. Yeah, okay. And that the one family that was infected and changed uh, were making plans to go to Mexico. Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've got some. We've got some people south of the border. We could probably put out some, uh, put out some word down there. It also turned into a bit of a bloodbath with uh, the non non snake hybrids and the snake hybrids. Uh, they burned down the church. Uh, they they shot a few people. That one fellow, I don't remember which one. The the guy from the uh, from the mine. Lumber, the lumber mill. The lumber mill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you you can see he kind of breathes, almost doing that kind of plumber's sigh, and just shakes his head and says, "This is what happens when people who are enlightened by Yig and those who are maybe not ready to embrace the truth. What happens when those two groups meet? It's it's sad. It's it's avoidable, but just sad that unfortunately it, it happens." Well, I think it was an accident. I think that they stumbled on something that that they they thought that they were doing God's work, the, the Christian God's work. Yeah, again, he he nods to himself and he's he's writing a few footnotes at the bottom of the pad. Has anyone else got anything specific they want to add, or consider that it's a otherwise a full report? Do we have a sense uh, if he's like suspicious of us or trusting or everything seems fine and dandy with them? 
Give me a psychology roll. 33 out of 16. All right, no. Um, as far as you can tell, he seems quite quite chill and quite relaxed. He definitely doesn't seem to bear any ill will towards you. If anything, the only, the only kind of hint you're getting is he just looks a little bit sad or upset, perhaps, but not at you by the look of it. Well, what, what could you tell us, uh, Doctor, about blessings from Yig? Oh, blessings. Um, yes, I mean, Yig is a... Uh, benevolent god if uh, you will see a pay respect and demonstrate a loyalty or a willingness to serve um that those those blessed by yig can find themselves protected from the harms of snakes and serpents that other people might uh, might otherwise have to endure um if you're encountered by snakes it's rare that they will attack you if you are blessed by you, they see you almost as one of your own, one of their own. So you wouldn't have to fear about being bitten. You probably get some resistance to poisons. Um, yeah, that's it's generally again a very aphidian in nature, being that he is he is a snake god. But yeah, no, nothing harmful. If anything, ben- beneficial in a uh, limited capacity. Have, have I mean, you the, been blessed by you? I know, but I've read plenty of documentation about those that have. So what's the next leg of our journey? Right. Um, he gets up and strides towards the uh, the map of Iceland. This uh, words come down from Mr. Meadham that we're to send you out there pretty much immediately. There's a plane already been prepped for you at the, uh, the private runway. Um, we'd been getting reports that there had been um, earthquakes, tremors, and reports that um, the mountain, as I say, Snezvaldjakl, had become live again, that it had, it's not extinct. We had concerns about this for a little while. Um, some of the documentation that we'd come across from uh, various inter- intercepted in the night transmissions, um, various documentation that we've picked up in the field over the last six months or so, would lead us to believe that there is highly the possibility that there is an outpost um, similar to the one that you reported in North Borneo. Um, that is on Iceland. Um, the information that we've obtained indicates that it would probably be settled around the volcano, um, that it would be, in case of disaster, the volcano was supposed to, was supposed to wipe out the base. But if the North Borneo encounter plays out similarly to what's happened in, in Iceland, that failsafe may have only been partly um, partly effective and may not have destroyed the whole facility. Um, given that you've reported the likes of the uh, the transport spheres being used um, in Bolivia, that there's technology that the Inner Knight have got hold of that could have come from one of these facilities, we need to ascertain whether they have got hold of this facility and that any meddling that they have done there has reawakened the volcano if they've been able to wake up the power source. Uh, to gather an extent of what technology they've got hold of and basically find out what they see if there's any information there about what that so we can find out what's going on about their plans um he looks at odd for a moment and then of just of not wags his finger in a disapproving manner but as if he's mentally making a note of something and says 
I'd like to have a word with you, uh, Mr. Oddfield, uh, after the briefing, just to run through a couple of things. Of course. Uh, relating to that. But yeah, that, that, that can wait until after the meeting. Um, but yeah, your, your objective would be to go to the, uh, identify if this is the facility that's woken up, if indeed there is a facility there, take stock of what is there, um, if the inner night have got hold of it, then we'll see if you can remove the threat even better. Um, otherwise, report back to us with what you can find about the, um, the forces that are there, what say what technology they've got their hands on, what they are planning to do, and anything that you can find information-wise to reconnoiter and come back to us. But say if you can deal with the threat, even better. Um, but, but don't we? I mean, there's only five of us. Mm-hmm. You don't want to send in too too many people. Um, a bigger team runs the risk of getting caught. Six of us. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh yeah, six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but do we have? Can we? Can we call for reinforcements? Uh, if the situation is that's uh, such that you do indeed need reinforcements, we would suggest that a first of all get the hell out of there, and then we will come and collect you. Right. And that we we can always send a more um, more experienced team in there to deal with it if you can't. We're thinking mainly this is a um, a recce, a uh, reconnoiter. So go in, find out what's happening. Ideally, the inner night aren't there, and this is all um, all just a mistake. Um, but if there is a facility there and they are not there, then even better, you can find out what's there, make an inventory, and then call call us in, and we can uh, we can get what we can out of there. Uh, partly what also some this is mm, kind of going into the realm of maybe coincidence maybe grasping at straws i don't know um there have been reports coming out of ice and um, coming out of that peninsula that there'd been sightings of trolls um he gestures to the picture on the picture yeah. yeah um these could be remnants of some uh, serpent person servitors um uh, the, the, the hormus he raises both eyebrows oh you've heard of them yep and i go tell him a little bit of what i know about he's been them. reading a lot oh well yeah yeah that, that's exactly it i mean we believe that maybe the facility was working on um breeding them or maybe even enhancing them or that they were used to build the facility maybe some survived if the Failsafe didn't go off correctly. But as this, it just seems a remarkable coincidence in timing that the tremors start, the volcano starts to show signs of uh, being active again, and then troll sightings increase and people start going missing. Uh, Now, the Icelandic government is organizing an evacuation of the area because the tremors are getting that severe. Um, So there is an aid camp which has been set up in one of the towns not too far away at the eastern end of the peninsula, like on the landward end of the peninsula. Um, this is something that be, would be fairly low on Caduceus's radar normally, but we've reached out to the government and said, look, we're willing to send a team there to help. So that's your cover for going there. Um, they will arrange for a local guide to be able to get you over to the, um, to the area and to arrange transport when you're there. But that's the pretense you're going under these. You're going, you're helping the evacuation efforts by searching some of the towns and villages along the coast near the volcano that hopefully should have already been um, evacuated. 
but you're doing a sweep to help with their efforts. So that's why you're going into an area that. So we'll be pretty much alone when we're out there. Uh, maybe with the maybe with the field guide, depending if you want to take them with you. But yeah, that will be essentially you're on your own. Um, when you get back out, let's say if you do need to call for reinforcements, get back to the uh, get back to the camp and radio from there. We have time to get together some equipment, some cold weather gear. Oh, lots of it will already be out there waiting for you. We set up, we've set up an aid camp there. It's cold. We know you're going to need cold weather clothing. Well, I want to take some stuff with me, of course. And just okay. one other question. There's not going to be some doomsday bomb on the plane with us or some volcano plug oh. that eats the world or... No, you know, I'm... Hundred thousand sticks of dynamite in our underwear, you know. Just we don't anticipate the need for a half-drag device here. In fact, there is certain. After the last time that one was issued to your group, admittedly not not your fault, we we get that. Um, but after the last time one was issued to you, that considering there are certain things that we would like retrieved from that facility, that uh, we believe a half-drag device would be um, what's the word? Detrimental. Overkill. Yeah. Just making sure because. Yeah. All right. No, you per perfectly, perfectly legitimate, legitimate question to ask. Mm -hmm. All right. I was so hoping we'd get to ride on the Hindenburg over to Iceland, but <laughs> maybe next time. Okay. Okay. Um, the rest of you will notice that uh, Johnny just scribbles down something on a piece of paper and slides it to Magnus. Okay. Other than that, um, so but, what do we uh, have? A couple of hours, or yeah, ideally, uh, I mean, the plane's ready and waiting for you. Um, it's gonna, we're gonna fly you out to Dublin, and then from Dublin, you'll bounce up to Iceland. So you'll be doing the trip in two legs. Um, it, we, Medium's instructions is to get you going pretty much immediately. I mean, I can probably, I can probably spare you an hour um, if you're if you can make your own way to the airport then, or unless you want one of our one of the guys downstairs to drive you wherever you need to pick up stuff from um, but you can do that on the way to the airport but right. yeah we need to, we need to get you moving now well i'll need somebody to help me then um if if you've got somebody who can drive me yeah i i, I can drive you Arch. all right why not connor can drive me. yeah let's go and i can assist with any uh equipment you need moved okay no right, yeah he, he nods that's great so um the and unless anyone else has any more questions I got a question. Far away. I need to talk to uh, meet him. Um, anything in particular? Maybe I can help with it. It's it's a little on the personal side. Oh, okay. Um, I think he's up in his office at the minute. I think he's have. I think he's got a meeting up there. He's uh, going through some bits, but I can call through and see if he can see if he can spare a minute. Yeah, if you don't mind, that, I, I appreciate. I'd appreciate that. Sure. Right. Yeah. He he gets up and goes outside, but as he gets to the door, he turns back and says, "Remember, Mister uh, Oddfield, I need to have a word with you before you." Before oh, you get yeah. Up. Okay. Okay. I'll be yeah. here. Nice. Um, he steps outside, and you can see he goes to one of the um, what looks to be one of the secretary's desks, and he uh, kind of gestures to her, and she hands him what looks to be one of the internal phones. Um, he says something, unless anyone wants to try and lip read, if you've got the lip read skill. Oh, no, I don't. I thought I did. No. Right, um, he says something. Um, there's a few nods. 
I think like sounds of agreement, and then he hands the phone back and he pops his head in, says, um, "Yeah, Mister uh, Adavino." He says he can spare a few moments if you want to head upstairs via the uh, via the lift that will get you to the penultimate floor. Then the security desk will take you up from there. All right. You're unmuted. <laughs> All right, thank you. And I'm gonna walk to the. Um... I walk to the elevator, but before I walk out of the room, it's going to turn to Magnus and just give him that point right there. And I'm going to head to the elevator. I'm okay. uh, at that. I'm uh, I'm going to get up and and leave the room as well. All right, mm -hmm. Connor. I guess we got to wait here for a, a few minutes. Yep, um, seems that way. I'm gonna read my Icelandic book. Uh, get, getting your head around some of the uh, the extra um, kind of non-Latinate um, lettering in there is uh, a bit unusual. Um, maybe in the back of your uh, back of your mind, you think maybe some of these were in sort of old, uh, maybe old English potentially. Um, yeah, some very odd little letters, but yeah, that's that's minutia. Okay, All right, so. Connor, it sounds like, is according to... Oh, no, that's not Connor. That's someone talking about another Connor. Um, so Magnus is going to wander off away from the meeting room. He's got his own thing he's doing. Yeah. Um, odd, you're staying in the meeting room. I'm waiting for Gonzalez. Uh, right. Yeah. Co is Connor waiting in the meeting room or yes. waiting outside? Okay. Mm -hmm. In which case, when he comes in... Um, Gonsalves does look a little bit apologetic, but says, I just need a quick word with Mr. Odd, uh, Oddfield on his own. Oh, if you don't mind, Connor, just wait outside. I'll be there I'll in a second. I'll step out. I'm hanging out to help with the equipment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because no one else is going to hear this, I'm going to ask briefly if everyone else can take, uh, can take the headphones off for a moment. I'll give you the thumbs up when... Right. Uh, he... Kind of perches on the. He leans up against the edge of the desk next to you, and says, oh, you, "You've demonstrated yourself as being a very um, technically minded individual, uh, a, sci a fellow scientist like myself." It's my great interest. Yes, yeah. that's good. Um, one of the things that I alluded to in the briefing is that there might be some technology that's left at the facility that we can use to find out what's been going on there. If this is the Serpent Person Research Facility that we believe it is, um, there will be what we would refer to as a, um, a computer, um, a central device that would be used to automate the rest of the facility. Uh, this is based on MIGO technology, uh, oh. which was um, acquired many, 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 many millennia ago. It has the potential to record anything that happens inside the facility. Um, all we need from someone like yourself is find a piece of this computer. It'll be a canister about yay big, or circular. You'll this you'll try and your plate on one side with three indentations, okay. um, or plug sockets that'll be connecting it to a a larger a larger piece of technology. Um, 
whether there's one or more of the cases, we don't know. But if you can bring at least one of them back, the contents are delicate. So I, I recommend you don't open it. Um, but yeah, if you can find one, bring it back to us and we might be able to learn what the, um, what's been going on there. All right. But say as you're the uh, you're the tech guy amongst the uh, amongst the group, I think uh, leaving well, it in your hands rather than um, as as I remember from the um, report about North Borneo was that someone roundhouse kicked a yeah. uh, piece of technology before. So I'd rather give it to someone who a had the technical know-how and the skill to be able to remove one of these things. Indeed. Um, also, if I see any other interesting technology, I'll be sure and. Uh what i can to salvage it oh yeah any, anything you can bring back would be would be ideal Excellent. but so the, the priority is the canister uh, absolutely i would have done all of that anyway <laughs> <laughs> no problem right you can come back there we go so um consalvas opens the door the glass door to the meeting room and politely shows Oddie out and says thank you for the uh, the extra couple of moments there. All right. No worries. Matt, I sent you a uh, message about some letters. Unish a week ago. Yeah, oh, I thought I thought I'd replied. Um yeah, when oh, when you get when you get there that you've got no problem. You'll you'll have a bit of layover so you'd be easy enough to to send them when you get there. Okay, cool. Uh, you, I finally figured, got some oh, hmm? I figured save the transatlantic, you know, since we're flying, it'll be quicker. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. You'll definitely take a few days off the uh, off the time taken there. All right. Sorry, Connor. Oh, I was going to say that Audi finally got some alone time with the Gonzalez after all this time. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll do a quick bit then with Magnus, and then I'll check what everyone else is doing, and then we'll get to uh, to Johnny heading heading upstairs. So, you find uh, this is Magnus. You find Connor's pretty much where he's normally found amongst this haze of cigar smoke uh, of leaking out of his office, apparently doing wonders for his lungs because he's still coughing. Um, but yeah, you go knock on the door. He invites you, he kind of waves you in. Ah, hello there. What, what can I do for you, sir? Hey, uh, Connors. Um, listen, I just, I wanted to ask you earlier today, you, you, you called, um, called Addy and you had a conversation with with Angel and uh, oh you heard about that yeah well Angel's been acting a bit weird ever since I, hmm? I know it's probably not really look I'm, I'm worried about the guy so I was wondering if you could you could fill me in on what exactly I mean it looked like he'd seen a ghost for Christ's sake <laughs> no um, he'd he'd asked a little while ago if I could uh, basically pull some pull some strings with some some of my contacts um, or some of the organization's contacts uh, to see if he could find someone. Um, from what I can tell, it seems like he's been looking for his mother. Well, I, yeah, no, I know he's been looking for his, his mother. I mean, that's, I mean, he's mm. always been looking for his, for his mother. Um, yeah. I told him where he could find her. You found her? Yeah. Yeah. She's working as a uh, fortune teller down at Coney Island. Uh, She's going under the, going under the name Madam Nuna. Uh, you can also give me an occult roll now that you've heard it. Okay, I don't know how my oh seventy four. I don't think my occult's anywhere near. No, mm. it's five. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> no, again, um, the, the reference does seems to go whoosh, straight over. 
So did you, so Coney Island, did you say? Yeah. And I, I'm going to look at the piece of paper that, that Johnny gave me. And I'm trying to, like, because it's... Um, I'm trying to make the connection because I think the notes and everything kind of does, and I'm like, well, what what time is it right now? Oh, well, given your meeting was about one o'clock, uh, probably about half one, quarter to two by now. And what time, do you know what time they're planning to, to ship us out off to Iceland? Uh, yeah, I've actually been arranging a lot of the equipment that's been heading up that way. Um, I've as far as I'm aware, it's kind of ASAP, so you've probably only got about maybe a couple of hours before the plane will be due to take off. Yeah, I think I'm look, uh, look, I'm going to make a... I need to go do a few things. Do you think you could, if I am running a bit late, could you stall for me for a bit? Uh, if if I can. I mean, it'll be... I'm, I'm here and the plane's on the runway. There's a, there's a bottle of whiskey in it for you. I'll do what I can. I'll, I'll pull every string I've got. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> So I am going to, um, I'm going to head off to Coney Island um, to kind of follow up the trail of what exactly might be uh, wrong with with uh, with Angel. And um, okay, that yeah. you will be you'll be pushing it to get there and then get know, to the airport as well, the airstrip as well. So you you'd have to be leaving now. No, that's what I'm doing. I'm like yeah. literally sprinting out and and getting over there. Okay, so then the good doctor, Odd, and Connor, you're all together getting your stuff, uh, your stuff ready. I presume you're heading back to the lab and getting going some to the stuff lab, getting there. getting my my various weapons and things. Right, so everything that you discussed in pretty much the end of the last show, weaponry wise, that's coming. I don't think that I'll take the suitcase, although we did record what was going on in that with Gonsalves there. You did, yes. I will bring it, and we'll listen to it on the airplane. Okay, no problem. We'll get to that in a bit. Then, when you're on, when you're on the plane, okay. and Gerhard, I am deep in Icelandic uh, verbs. <laughs> you'll, you'll be reading the uh, the Icelandic sagas in the original Icelandic probably by the time you arrive. <laughs> nice. Should I make a roll now, just to oh. get that out of the way? Or? Yeah, you can do if you want. So you give me an int roll. All right. Uh, where I get a bonus dice because I failed that. And you're a linguist, yes. Oh, oh, eight on the second, ninety-eight on the first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that will be an extreme then, I think, for your for your rates. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me two d ten. Ten thirteen. Okay. Add twenty-three points of Icelandic to your sheet. Holy shit. You, you picked this up. What, what was that? What Odd said that this being a yeah. really, really hard language? Nah. I was going to walk he... over to Odd and start talking to him in Icelandic. Hurdy, 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 hurdy. That sounds almost like Swedish. Yeah. Almost like Swedish chef. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then presumably you're heading to the airport to uh, basically be ready for the plane and yes. meet everyone else there. Yep. Right. Because of what could potentially happen next, I would like to ask, unless anyone else has any, any objection, that everyone removes their headphones for the scene with Johnny. Because you might you might not necessarily know what goes on up there. And again, this, this might take a little bit, so I'll give you a thumbs up again when, when you're back.
now that we're alone. <laughs> uh, I have an I have an idea what's going to come up. So as a nice, uh, I like to think of myself as a uh, responsible GM. I'll give you the warning: this could be very very dangerous. Are you still wishing to continue? Are oh, you muted? <laughs> right, I am completely unarmed. I okay. Came up, I came up to this. I came up to this office with every intention of turning in my resignation. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's um, if I was gonna if I'm gonna make a move, it's gonna be barehanded. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I'll say or, if things go if things or go I'm south, I'm gonna have to use my gift of gab, which actually isn't too bad. It's better than some of my. Uh, it's better than it's better than my firearms i'm better i'm i'm, I'm better with words than i am with weapons <laughs> okay so if anything does kick off i will say that the gloves are off so just uh absolutely just be wary yeah okay you get to the 17th floor um you are met when you uh, come out of the elevator by a couple of security guards uh, these seem to be that their normal position would be by the second stairway that then goes up to the 18th floor. Um, so they effectively, they don't frog march you as such, that, that would be rude, but they escort you up to the second staircase that then goes into Medium's office. Now, most of the 18th floor is this wide open plan office. Um, when you get up there, you find that there is DeLuca, uh, there's Medium himself and the Man Mountain Canning um, are all around his desk, um, looking through a combination of papers and what look to be maps. Um, Canning just when he looks up from the uh, from the desk, his eyes just narrow on you, and they don't leave looking at you. His eyes are constantly on you while you're in here. Um, Deluca takes a step uh, back behind Medum, so he's uh, obviously respectfully saying he's the boss. He's the one that's right. head of this conversation, and. Medum looks up again. This kind of look of narrow hatred on his face because you, you two haven't got on no. in the time that you've uh, that you've met. So he just uh, looks at you and then just gestures to the guards to stay over to one side, uh, within a few paces of the desk. But otherwise, he's gesturing for you to stand in front of the desk. So uh, I understand from. Dr. Gonzalez, that you wanted to see me. Uh, he said I was in a meeting. That is true. I'm a rather busy man. So let's cut straight to it. What, what is it you would like? I'm finished working for Caduceus. I'm done. And what may have prompted this? Because you're not who you say you are. If you were, if you were Joshua Meadham, you would have you would have known who I am and you're not you're not being honest with these guys you weren't honest with me we're all here under a false pretense we don't know what you're wanting us to do but we're acting like pawns in some kind of fucking game that you just won't come clean just tell us what you want but you don't want to do that you hide behind this enormous pile and you know 
We've all had it. Everybody's putting their life on the line. Meanwhile, you sit up here, you don't move. You don't do shit. You don't, nothing. And everybody else is out here busting their hump. You know what I had to do to even find out about your big plan to take on the weapon out in the middle of the ocean? You know what I had to do? I had to break into this office. I had to go in your safe. I had to find it myself. He, at that point, he looks at DeLuca, who just nods kind of in a, in a kind of I told you so manner. And then looks to Canning and nods. Canning starts moving around the desk. He's coming towards me. Um, yes and no. Um, if you imagine yourself stood looking ahead, the desk is in front of you, then Medium is behind the desk. DeLuca is behind Medium and off to the left, off to your left. And then Canning is coming around so that he's about maybe eight, ten feet away from your right. So he's kind of he's kind of flanking you, not approaching directly. Right. And I got two guys behind me. Two uh, those two guys are on the other side, so they're they're about again similar to the about eight ten feet to your left. Okay. Map them out. Mm -hmm. but, um, it's, it's barehanded, but let's map them out. I got two. Medium on the back, DeLuca off to his back mm -hmm. left. Cannon oh. coming around on the right, just mm -hmm. here. They, they, don't, they don't step towards you. They say they just get in position. Um, but Medium says after, say the fact you've admitted to having broken into his office. Um, tell me then exactly who you are. I have a feeling I know, but I would, I'd like to hear it from you. Well, you should know because on your desk at the at your place out in <clears throat> out there New Canaan uh, New Canaan yes mm -hmm. at your estate New Canaan there's a picture of me and my mother on your desk or let me let me clarify that there's a picture of well it is it's me and my mother but you wouldn't know that because you're not Needham you're just a shell you're, you're just wearing him as a disguise we all know that I mean, at least I do. My mother knows it. <laughs> the mother that we tried to eliminate some time ago and has been elusive ever since, yes. Well, well you might as well just let her go. She's no threat to you. No, but she is a, a bit of a loose end, you see. We like to operate in, in a relative degree of secrecy. And unfortunately, she is a loose end. And it sounds like with what you know, you're a bit of a loose end as well. So I am. And well, he reaches into his, uh, reaches down to the desk and opens one of the, uh, one of the drawers and you hear something kind of squeaking and moving inside there. And he reaches in, says, well, you, you know what? any decent organization does with, with loose ends, yes? I have every intention of taking whatever, whatever loose end resolution you have. Uh, he reaches into the, uh, reaches and pulls out what seems to be a gerbil, um, holding it by its tail, 
he just holds it in front of him and he says, yeah, we take care of them. His mouth opens wide and he just descends the gerbil into his mouth, his throat extending as it goes, as it goes, down, um, goes down into him. Um, you can give me your choice of psychology or spot hidden. I'll try a spot hidden, I think. Mm-hmm. A five. Okay, a five. Um, I, I finally I don't even pass. <laughs> I finally pass a spot hidden. <laughs> I don't need to look up the uh, difficulty because that'll obviously be way underneath extreme. it. Yeah, um, you are aware that um, Canning is about to act, so you are not caught as a, as a surprise action. Um, your dex is higher than his. You are aware that he is about to do something to you. His mouth opens and you can see this snake-like tongue roll out of his mouth. What do you do? Is there anything sharp anywhere on that desk? Oh, there'll be a letter opener. A uh, nice silver knife. I'll try to... I'm, this is going to be insane. I'm going to try to snatch that letter opener and then put it straight up through his jaw. Medium's jaw? No. Canning. Canning, okay. Right, the knife will do... Uh, basic stats for a knife, 1d4 plus 2 plus damage bonus. So, um, you can grab the knife and then make your uh, attack. Because you're grabbing it and swiping, I will put that you need to get a hard difficulty rather than just a regular success on your fighting brawl. Um, he, will get the, uh, he will get the attempt to dodge. I got uh, 20 on 45. Um... Okay, so that will be a hard success. It's, so that... it's a hard success. I'm just wondering if I should burn luck. I, I'm going to burn... 10 to make it extreme. Okay. Right. Uh, I need to get my stats now. In fact, I've got them on the screen when I get the right window open. Right. Canning's dodge is 100%. So it's what level of success I get. And I rolled a 98, so he only gets a regular success. So you swipe and put the... um, Put the blade up through pretty much about there. Roll me. Oh no, guess because it is an impaling weapon. Roll me a d. F- Have you got any damage bonus? I. Holy cow. One d four damage bonus. Okay. Uh, the damage bonus then automatically goes to four. The weapon goes to four. Plus two from the bl- uh, from the blade makes ten. Mm-hmm. Now roll one d four on top of that. Three. Three. Okay, so a total of 13. Um, as you swipe, the skin cuts and you can see these heavy scales underneath. Um, Canning has five points of natural armor. So that takes off the, that takes off your 13 down to an eight. But that does hurt. So Okay. Um, he goes on 70. Um, Ah, typical my great time for my PDF viewer to crap out on me. So back to the book. He gets two attacks uh, per round. So he is going to not go with his tongue by the look of it now that he's been hit. I think he will change tactic. Um, He is just going to try and pound the ever-loving shit out of you. Um, you can see that he's going to swipe at you with these massive hands, um, both of them rushing in to try and pummel you with. 
Um, do you wish to attempt to fight back or dodge? I try to dodge. Okay. Right. My fighting skill again is 100. So I roll 62, which is a regular success on my first attack. I got a four on 47. Okay. Uh, in which case he swings and misses with his first attack. His second attack, because of now that you have dodge once in the round, gets the benefit of being outnumbered. So he gets a bonus die on his, ne uh, on his next attack roll. Um, again, you wish to attempt to dodge? Yes. Okay. Uh, I will go with 16 rather than 46, <laughs> which puts me on, on an extreme. Yeah, I got an 80. So an 80 on 47. Okay. Uh, in which case, this anvil-like fist just whacks into the side of your head. Uh, because it's an extreme and it's blunt force, he doesn't roll again, but he does do maximum damage. So it's three for the unarmed combat, and then 12 for his damage bonus to 2d6. So that's 15 points of damage to the head. Wow. That takes me down to 11. Okay. <laughs> um you feel bones crack. Um, the side of your skull splits. Um, you're not... Uh, it's just colour for what would have been a major wound under regular Call of Cthulhu, but Pulp doesn't have, uh, doesn't have that. Uh, DeLuca just pulls a gun, but otherwise doesn't... Uh, he kind of aims it in your general direction, but doesn't do anything. Uh, Medum, as he's not acted in the round yet, just says he's mine. Uh, the other two guards, again, stand down. They don't do anything. So we go to the top of the next round. Um, Medum has a dex of 95. Hey, so do I. Yeah. So you act simultaneously. Oh, he leaps across the desk. And you can see that from his hands just extend claws that they look pretty, pretty nasty. Uh, he is looking like he's going to swipe towards your midsection. What do you do as your as not as your reaction to it, but what would be your normal action that would happen at this point? Oh, that reminds me, I too have claws. You do well, you have on one hand, yeah, I have on one hand, mm -hmm. and I've got a letter opener in the other. Mm -hmm. I've really brought a knife to a or I didn't even bring a knife. I'm gonna try to. Uh, basically, I'm going to try to claw, like, hit him in the face with the claw. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you basically swipe at each other. He goes low, you go high. Yep. Um, we'll resolve yours first. So, um, he is going to try and fight back. Oh. So, he's not, he's not dodging. He's, he's, he's coming at you. So, this will be in addition to his regular attack if he does hit. Well, so your degree uh, of success? A brawl, six, 16 on um, fine, fine Brawl. That, that would be Brawl mm -hmm. for the, for yeah, the fighting Strike. Uh, yeah. 16 on 45, so uh, hard. Okay. Are you happy with your hard success? No. I'm going to burn seven more. Okay, so that makes it an extreme? Yep. So he will, also, he will have to burn down to 01 if he wants to hit you. Being one of the major antagonists for the campaign, he has 99 luck. I will burn 20, uh, 25 of it to bring it down to an 01. So that leaves him on 74 luck. 
And yeah, he swipes at you. Uh, he has a damage bonus of 1d6 plus his claws. So that is 2d6. It's based 1d6 plus his damage bonus. And with that, oh, one, I don't need to roll it. Uh, that's another 12. That's the end of the line. Okay. Um, in which case, then, the uh, there is one option that you have at this point. If you want to burn all of your luck, as long as you've got more than 30, you can avoid certain death. Yeah. They'll be able to see the cut on Canning's neck, won't they? Unless they do something to heal it, but well, that's that's hopefully. Um. <laughs> uh, no. No, it's time to hang it up. Okay. In which case, then, um, Medum just um, as you go high, so he goes low. He disembowels you. He rips open your stomach, and your you see your entrails start flowing out. And he just looks up at you with this wicked grin with these slit eyes that you can see now in front of you. He just says, it looks like this angel's lost his wings. And turns to, uh, turns to Canning. And as you fall to the ground, falling to your knees, and blackness starting to encroach on the edge of your vision, uh, you hear him say to, um, to Canning, take him to the pyramid and see if we can use what's left of him there. Add him to the rest. We need to know if the, uh, we need to know if the serum works on ghoul um, ghoul hybrids too. And at that any, point, do I have any strength whatsoever? Uh, well, indeed, you do. As if you're opting for opting for death, um, you do have blaze of glory, which is your effectively your dying action. If you wish to take it, this could be what pretty much whatever action that you want. If it involves a skill roll, you have to make the roll, but at least it gives you the opportunity to make it. How close is Meetum to me? Um, within arm's reach. Because so he came over and disemboweled you. You know what? I don't even... I, 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 um, I just say to him, And I go into the dark. Mm -hmm. yeah, a dark where you are, you're fairly sure you're not alone. There is a shadowy, a shadowy force waiting for you there. But one that doesn't necessarily take you immediately. You are stuck somewhere between life and death. That maybe they have, they have plans for you that maybe don't involve you being dead quite just yet. But we will, uh, we will leave it there for, for Angel for the moment. All right, everyone else can come back. Right, thank you for, thank you for holding there. Um, the quick version here then, um, as you various of you have gone to collect various, uh, various goods and so on and equipment, and then you're heading to the airport, um, or the airstrip rather, 
Magnus is the one that's taking the longest detour. Uh, I'll put this down to a drive roll, because I presume that's how you're um, going to be getting across there. You're certainly not getting to Coney Island on foot. If you can give me a successful drive roll, you will be able to force your way through traffic and be able to get to Coney Island, and then it will be quick. It'll only be a few minutes you get if you find where she is. Uh, I've got a regular pass on my drive. Okay, you can get to Coney Island without a problem. Okay. Um, were you told specifically... Oh, yeah, because you only got it from Connors. Um, you haven't got the specifics of where she is, but you know that um, she's operating by the name Madam Nona. And so, so I'm going to ask people that are walking past, I'm like, mm -hmm. I need Madam Nona, where is she? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, give me a luck roll to see if you can find someone who does know where she is. Uh, yeah, that's 32, um, and my luck is 92, so plenty. Perfect, right, you, you get there. Um, you have, roll 1d6. 1d6. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, six. Okay, you have six minutes with her, so I'm keeping an eye on the, eye on the clock. Okay. Um, you rush into the tent because you passed your luck roll also. There is no one in the tent, uh, like no other paying customer, it's just yeah. you. Um, she looks up a bit startled. Um, are you in that much of a hurry, son, to, uh, to know, your, uh, know your own future? Yeah, I. sorry, this is going to sound really weird, but my, my friend was here before, uh, Angel. You might know him as Johnny. Yeah, my, my boy. Yes. Okay, so you, you are, you're, you're, you're his mom. You're, you're... Yeah, yeah I, I met, finally met my son for the first time since he was a, since he was a baby just a right. few hours ago. What did you say to him? Oh, he did most of the talking. Um, I just told him about stuff about his father and how might not be his father, and um, that well, I did I did a reading for him and it didn't look too good. Wait, so you can read the future? Um, she points to the crystal ball. She points to the tarot cards. It kind of says it on the sign outside. It's uh, right, um, what was the reading? What what did it say? That um, kind of thinking back on it now, that someone had entered his life some time ago that could be a could be a force or an opponent, an opposite, a force of opposition. That he'd been looking for something, what we thought was me, that he'd recently succeeded, but it was a uh, it was like a pyrrhic victory. That he'd um, it was a kind of success tinged with a bitterness. And that this revelation was pointing him down a path where he was, I don't want to use the word destined because nothing's ever set in stone, but it looked like there would be a good degree of failure in his path if he, if he went the direction he was intending. And that there would just be stasis and decay after that. Maybe a, maybe a fate worse than death. All right, listen. Um, I I don't have long because uh, I don't I don't know what what Angel's planning. He's planning something. He 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 slipped me this note. We were having a meeting at Caduceus, and he slipped me this note saying uh, it, it's an address, and he says the keys above the door, and then he went to go have a meeting with Joshua. And um, look, I I it's not Joshua. It's 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 not. Well, that's that's even worse. Um, look. Uh, I know, I know you don't know me, so you probably don't trust me. But um, 
Listen, Ed, your boy Johnny is 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 the closest fucking thing I've got to family, and I've got a fucking brother. So, Caduceus, or at least someone at Caduceus, knows where you are. I've got to get out of here then. Yeah, here, uh, go go to this address, and I'm going to write down Gilly's workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to this address, ask for Zoe, and tell her that you're with you're with um, Magnus. And, and Johnny, and, and that you, you need to hide from Caduceus. All right, she'll help you. Is that the one in Queens, your secret lab, or is that... Yes, the secret lab. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> You're getting a stern look from Oddie. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm, saving, um, I'm not letting anything happen to Angel's mom. Okay, yeah, she takes the address. Uh, she packs up her cards, uh, drops a crystal ball into a bag. Uh, I've got a net bag, and then... Just heads out. Um, I'm. I don't know what uh, Johnny's going to do, but I'm. Ge- I, I've got to head back to the um, for the flight anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna head off back to Caduceus and see if I can catch him. Uh, you won't have enough time to get back to the Caduceus building and then get to the airport. It's you'd be going straight from here to the airport. Okay. Okay. I'll get back to the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully he'll fill me in on what's going down. Okay. Right. Again, look. if you were thinking of a map of New York, this is the red line across the map. Admittedly, it's just across the city this time. All converging on the private airstrip. So you arrive. There is a plane already and waiting for you. Um, your equipment is loaded up. Um, one of the representatives for Caduceus that's there uh, runs over to you just as you're heading on, um, you collectively as you're heading onto the plane. Uh, just the five of you uh, runs up with a um, a note or looks like a folded piece of paper and says, um, "We just got a telegram from the Caduceus office from uh, Doctor Gonzalez. So this is for a uh, Mister Oddfield. That, that's me. Yeah, um, he hands you the folded telegram, right. and then as soon as he's handed it to you, turns and legs it back towards the building. The pilot's yelling, look, get in and shut the door, okay? All right. And I'm, get I'm in. here at this point? Yeah, you, you're, you're pretty oh, much on the plane right. at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny's not here. Where's... Look behind you. He's always behind you when we're looking from. <laughs> Wait. Plenty of equipment. Do we, do we see here. the guy give the note to Oddie? Yeah. What does that say? Well, let me look. Hmm? Uh, opens it up, says, uh, from Gonzalez to Oddfield. Uh, Mr. Adovino has handed in his resignation. He will not be joining you on the meet, um, on the mission to Iceland. Yeah, I was thinking that. Mm-hmm. Johnny's, Johnny's not going with us. Great. Um, you know what? He might show up. Who knows? This is typically him. He vanishes and then reappears. Uh, are we alone on the on the plane? Like it's just us and then the pilots? Yeah, the pilot, uh, pilot and co-pilot are in there in the cockpit. The door is shut. The rest of the plane, it's just you. So plenty of seats. Distinctly odd, empty seat where Johnny should be. I'm going to, can I sign language to Gerhard? Um, and I'm going to yep. sign language. Um, Johnny found mum 
um, uh, Johnny found mum. Caduceus know where she is. Johnny went to see Joshua. I signed back. What did he do with Joshua? I don't know, but uh, mother said Joshua is not Joshua. So even she knows. She, I didn't, couldn't talk to her too much, but she was adamant that Joshua is not Joshua. Is she safe? I sent her to our new hiding spot in Queens. And I kind of look over at Odd and I look back at you. Are we really going to let Johnny's mum get killed? No, of course not. Then Oddie can suck the fuck up. <laughs> okay. And with that, the plane starts roaring down the runway, pulls up into the air, so you're back in the seat slightly, and we begin the red line across the, the bigger map now, the big of the map of the globe, to Iceland. But we will leave it there for tonight. And I turn to Adi and I say, Talarpu and school, which is Icelandic for do you speak English? Yeah. Our players included Stuart Lipley, John Byram, Morgan Llewellyn, Jason Melichok, Zane Fleming, and myself as with, with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd also like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good game. Thank you.